Hey everyone, welcome to a new episode that we are calling the Schools Process. Just a reminder for everybody listening, this if you listen to this podcast, wherever you get your podcast and you stumbled upon Sergeant's Time, this podcast is more specifically geared toward the reserve unit that I work for at the 429 HHD out of Savannah, Georgia. And so we're going to be talking about the processes for my soldiers specifically. Again, if you have any questions, feel free to email me at devinsdavenport.mil. Um, at mail.mil and I will put that link in the show notes so if you're for example in iTunes you can scroll to the bottom of the information and see that there and with that I want to talk about show notes for a second show notes when I mention show notes uh, if you're not familiar with podcasts when you're getting this is anything that I mentioned show notes I'm going to put a link in the description for you so you can uh, review that later without having come to the audio specifically to see what I'm talking about without further ado let's go ahead and jump into the school's process the schools are necessary to become a soldier in the form of basic training. Um, schools are necessary when you become MOS qualified, or we call that AIT, Advanced Individual Training. When you get promoted, you have to go to schools. And when you take on any additional duties, you're going to have to go to some schools as well. Thing is, this is a very easy process to get a school seat, but there are some qualifiers that you have to think about for just about every school before you're able to go. Before we talk about the process, let's go over quickly what you must have updated in order to request a school, specifically for me, Staff Sergeant Davenport, to get my soldiers in a school. So based on the school that you want, uh, the prereqs will differ. I will assume that I'm talking to soldiers who've already completed basic training and even perhaps AIT initially, and now you're dropping into my, my unit as a soldier who's already qualified. So prereqs. Medical readiness is perhaps the most important item that the Army Reserves and potentially the National Guard are focused on because we are the reserve force, obviously. And so we have to make sure that we are ready to go when it's time to go. And being medically ready is paramount. Some of the items that you need to be sure that you're up to date on medically are PHA, your dental, your vision, blood draws, immunizations, and that can be seasonal, obviously. Your HIV draw, which is every couple years and the physical. So at a minimum, those things. Some other things you have to be aware of before you go to a school at times are your security clearance. Is it up to date? I know when I'm in, and it may have changed a little bit now, but every 10 years you have to start doing that. And it's a pretty lengthy process. And we'll make that a course or a, an episode that we talk about in a later episode. Most schools require you to have at least two years of service remaining on your contract. So if you are looking to go become an E5, you make a little extra money, get a little extra leadership, but you've only got a year left until you ETS, you're going to have to get an extension uh, or go ahead and just go ahead and re-up while you're at it. You are going to have to um, complete the prereqs talked about below as far as uh, rank requirements. Some, some schools have rank requirements and we'll get into that with the PME in just a moment. Uh, your DTS profile, you need to make sure that if you just got into the unit and you came from another unit, maybe you got promoted into the unit perhaps, or you're coming back from a deployment, that your DTS profile has been swapped over to your new unit. And the person who can pull you over is the DTA. And so that person for us will vary right now. That's Miss Wadley. Um, but depending on when you listen to this, you'll need to make sure you get with your unit's DTA in order to get your profile pulled over. Um, I'll put a note in here as well. I'm going to add a link in here because if you're in a different unit and you are trying to get dropped from their DTS um, account, there's an easy way to do it without having to try to get in touch with your old unit. 
and you do it straight through uh, DTS really. And so again, I will put in the show notes, the link that allows you to uh, drop yourself. So you don't even have to do that. It takes probably about 15 to 20 minutes, depending on how many people are in the weight room. So DTS profile moving on, of course, linked with that is your government travel card. If you don't have one, we'll make that an episode for us at the 429 on how to get that. But you need to make sure that that information is included in your DTS profile once you've been swapped over. You'll need to have an updated CAC card. And I don't know why I hate when I say CAC card. <laughs> that, that CAC is, you know, common access card. Updated CAC. Access to your military email, which we'll discuss why that's important later. And then your APFT and your height and weight need to be passing and within the regulated time. Now, COVID has sort of thrown that off. Um, typically, you need to have one within a year as a reservist. For active duty, it's every six months. Um, but again, that depends on what school you're going to. A few different schools we're going to talk about now uh, before, again, before we get into the process, just so you're aware of them. If you're a new soldier and you're not sure of all the different things, hopefully this is just an educational tool for you as well. So the first type of school I want to talk about is your PME, and that's professional military education is what PME is. So when someone says what PME are you going to, they are talking about the next school you need in order to achieve the next rank. Uh, this schools, these schools specifically require all the prereqs I just mentioned, and also the APFT and height and weight. You have to have a passing one within a year. Again, COVID throws that off a little bit. So if you have one, I think from uh, April 2019, they were allowing soldiers to go to school with that date. Um, so you're good for right now. That may change. I probably won't update that, this episode based on that, um, but you'll know to talk to me and ask about that. Uh, and these schools, the PMEs, Professional Military Education, they're the schools you need to advance to the next rank. And each rank has its own distance learning portion known as the Distributed Leader course, which is a fairly new thing that they've just swapped over from a, a different way to do it. So DLC for each one. And then following DLC that you complete for each rank, you are also going to attend the Resident Leader course. Okay, so it looks like this. You have to be E4 to go to DLC1 or do DLC1 online. And once you've completed that, you can apply to go to BLC, or the Basic Leader course. So once you do those two things, you can become an E5. Once you become an E5, you can do DLC2. And then once you complete that, you can go to the Advanced Leader Course, or ALC. Now, depending on your MOS, and for 68s in particular, uh, Advanced Leader Course has three phases for most of us. Now, other MOSs like 42 Alpha, I think, have one single phase they go to. Uh, yeah, so you just need to be sure that your MOS, when you're putting it down or asking about dates um, that you are aware of how many phases you have. So like I said, 68 series, you're going to have three phases during ALC. Uh, so moving on, once you've graduated ALC and you become an E6, now you can go to DLC three, which is the distance learning, of course, and then SLC senior leader course for 68 series. I can speak for myself. I'm currently at the school is two phases. It's important to note that uh, ALC and SLC, that first phase, is also an online portion. You can be paid for it, which I'll talk about in another uh, episode about what, what that looks like for getting paid for distance learning courses. Um, but for E6, DLC3, and SLC. So once you complete SLC and you've been promoted to E7, you're eligible to complete DLC4 and go to MLC, the Master's Leader, Master Leader course. Uh, once you complete those, you become an E8, you're eligible for DLC5, and to go to the Sergeant Majors Academy. 
And I think that's that's it. You've done it. You've you've completed all the schools you you can. Um, there may be some other things you can go to that I'm not aware of at this time, but that is the basic structure for schools for enlisted officers. Have their own thing, and we'll talk about it another time. Um, I, I'm I'm oriented this mostly toward my NCO um, and enlisted folks. So those were all the PME professional military education courses. The next one we'll talk about is DMOSQ. There's a lot less to talk about. Um, and when I say DMOSQ, that's duty MOS qualified. If you come in, then you went to basic training and shortly after they shipped you off to some other location to learn a job or a skill. And that is your MOS. When you complete that, you've become MOSQ, MOS qualified. And then when you go to your unit, you are now in a D, a duty position. So if you do hold the correct position and you've completed that school, you are considered duty MOSQ. So that's what that means. And then sometimes you come in and you're placed in a slot that you don't belong in. A lot of time I get 11 Bravos, which might be infantry from the guard who come in and they're placed in 68 whiskey slots. And so they are not duty MOSQ, uh, duty MOS qualified because they, they do hold an MOS as 11 Bravo, which makes them MOS qualified, but they're not qualified for the duty in which they're placed in my unit. And so they need to go to a different school. And so in regards to prereqs for this, you have to have all those things we talked about in the beginning to go to a school, except you don't have to be passing APFT or height and weight. Um, that may change, but it did change back, I, I want to say a couple of years ago now, that you didn't, you don't have to pass APFT or height and weight to go and learn a new job. You can still get kicked out, so be aware of, of not meeting Army standards. But to go to a DMOSQ or reclass school, you don't have to be passing those. There are times when so many soldiers get dropped into a unit, uh, and I've experienced this recently, and they all hold the same MOS. And so now the fix is to find soldiers who are willing to reclass and go to a different MOS. And often that, that is a good thing for soldiers to expand on their career and find something else that they uh, enjoy doing, or at least just allow them to grow, uh, make them more competitive as they begin to remote. Another scenario is when a soldier who was active duty uh, comes back into the unit from IRR uh, or is active duty or IRR comes back into the reserves and now they need a new MOS. And so in either situation, the fix is simply to send them to a school. Uh, the prereqs for it are also your ASVAB score because you may not qualify for a particular MOS. One that comes to mind uh, quickly is 68 Sierra. For that particular MOS, you have to have, I believe, an algebra credit and a chemistry credit. And that can be from high school or college, but it has to be in a trans official transcript. And so that, along with a particular ASVAB score, will eliminate a lot of people who want to do that because they're not willing to go back to school or take that extra credit to do that. And so you need to know what your prereqs are and what ASVAB scores you'll need for that. So that sums up pretty much the, the reclass. Very simple there. The last one I want to talk about is the additional duty courses that you can do. So this varies course to course as far as the prereqs we, we opened with in the beginning. Uh, master fitness trainer, for example, is obviously an additional duty that would require a soldier to have a passing height and weight and APFT. And, and potentially above that, like a really good score, like a 270 or so. Um, and I'm, it may be that you need a 270 to do that one. I'm, I'm a little off. Maybe 240, I think, is the score. Either way, you'll want to have a, a, a good score. You don't want to be a marginal APFT uh, passing or, you know, about to bust tape when you have to tape for height and weight. So just be aware of what the courses require. 
Now, a course like Master Resiliency Trainer or MRT does not require the height and weight in APFT. Okay, so you can go to those courses without having those. The best way to know is to have an ATARS operator. ATARS is the system we use to look at schools, what um, when they're going to be hosted, how many people are in seats, what's available for you as a soldier. And so that's ATARS will specify um, what is required for each course, and that's the best way to know. So the Army has many jobs outside of your MOS, uh, outside of the rules and responsibilities that are that revolve around that job. And so they have to be filled. Things have to be done. A few that I come off the top of my mind are a unit prevention leader, the UPL. That's when you do your P-test. Those are the people who lead that up. Physical security officer, which is extremely important. Uh, NCOs can go to that as well. Then you have the ACFT, NCOIC and OIC course anti-terrorism officer, hazmat officer, NCO, unit safety officer, NCO, NDEA. Uh, I'm spouting all these things off. And so eventually you'll get to do these things. As E4s, you won't get to do them. You need to be E5 uh, or higher to do most of these. For example, MRT, you have to be E5 promotable or an E6 to go. Battle staff, you know, you have to be E6. So once you reach a level in your career as an NCO, that's when these additional duties will, will become extremely important to you. Not all duties that are additional duties given to you require uh, official training that is found in ATARs. A lot of it can be done locally when a command is conducting that training. But I would say majority of the schools that anyone wants to do or get memos for, uh, for additional duties, must be reserved in ATARs. So now, you know the different types of schools that we have, right? So we've talked about PMEs, your professional military education. We've talked about your DMOSQ or your reclass courses. And we've talked about additional duty courses you can have. Now, what's the process? How do you get into these schools if you're a soldier who is now just becoming E5 and really wanting to get your your feet to the fire, uh, test your metal, and just and just grow? Because we all know that as as enlisted as NCOs, one thing that we're really judged on is our NCOERs. We need to have good NCOERs. My recommendation to you, just as tidbit for me, is you need to have at least one 40-hour course per year as far as your NCO rating time or your, your evaluation time. Go get go take a course. You need something in there besides annual training to show that you're trying to advance yourself, that you're trying to learn more um, and trying, trying to build upon the things that you are learning. Anyways, the process looks like this. First step is knowing what course you want to go to, which is easy enough. The second uh, course of action is knowing what dates you're available. And so the way that I and, and Sergeant First Class Radowitz, who is a battalion representative now, that may change. What we do is we look in ATARs by fiscal year. So from October to October uh, is it, kind of what we're looking at there. And so first step is to get the dates. And once you have the dates or the date range, I go into ATARs. I find and get a screenshot of the dates for that fiscal year. I will send that along with a counseling to your platoon sergeant or your first line leader. Okay, so let's take let's say that I'm Specialist Davenport and that uh, special, uh, Sergeant Tabrone is my uh, platoon sergeant. So let's say Specialist Davenport wants to go to 68 Whiskey Reclass. And so what I'm going to do is I would go to the first Sergeant Davenport. He is going to get a screenshot, send it to me and Sergeant Tabrone. And then what's going to happen is I'm going to fill that that counseling out. Sergeant Tabrone will sign it as my counselor. And they will return that back to First Sergeant Davenport. So now I'm, I'm back to being First Sergeant. So once I get the counseling back, signed by the first line leader, um, 
I will submit it up to Battalion. Battalion will submit you for the course. Pending a successful reservation, because when you get put in, you're not immediately getting a reservation. You're put into a status, a wait status. And so someone else is reviewing that at a higher level. And they are going to say, yes, we have slots. No, we don't. We're out of money. Something. But once you get a reservation, at that time, I submit an RFO. This is called a request for orders. And you've gotten orders before um, because you've gone to basic training at, at a minimum. And so you will eventually get orders that will say you are scheduled to go to this training at X date for X amount of time, blah, blah, blah. So it's at that point now, once I get the orders over to you, back to you, that you need to be taking control of all the actions that need to be done so that you can get to school. And what that looks like is you getting with your platoon sergeant or first line leader at all times because they should be making sure that you are successful in the transition to going to school. Uh, some key points are making sure that you submit your DTS authorization and you may not need one. If you live usually within 50 miles of your the duty, for example, soldiers in Hinesville, Georgia, won't ever do a DTS for any training that takes them to Port Stewart because they live so close. And so they wouldn't need DTS because they're not going to get per diem. They're not going to travel using Sado. Um, but most everyone is, is traveling somewhere else. So you need to submit your DTS authorization. And I can go to DTS further, but I'll just keep going for, for this episode's sake. Step two is monitor your military emails for a welcome letter from the school. Reason being, you're going to need that welcome letter to put into your DTS authorization that we just talked about to prove that you were going there. Your orders will also go in the DTS authorization. Uh, thirdly, you're going to need to submit probably some documents to your schoolhouse in the form of uh, an in-processing packet. There, your schools usually want something to show your chain of commands information, so the first sergeant, the commander, a battalion commander, and even sometimes the first general officer in your chain of command. In, in my case, at SLC now, that was what they wanted. So the first line leader will be responsible for ensuring that this process is completed and will see the soldier through the entire process after receiving orders until they are successfully at the school, okay? So that means making sure if there's a packing list, that they have all the, the items they need, um, that they have their CAC updated license, all of those things. And so that's the process, it's pretty easy. You get dates, you do a counseling, you send it back up, I get you orders, and you start taking steps to, to travel and get there. So in another episode, we can go over more in depth about the ins and outs of DTS authorizations, uh, security clearances, some other things. I have a lot of episodes lined up. I do have some videos that you can watch about DTS, and I will put those in the show notes. Uh, they are from the last age of user interface and DTS, uh, but it's not entirely different. The, the premise is still the same for those. Uh, worst case scenario, you can watch them and stumble through doing an authorization and then ask for help, which is is what I would love for you to do. I love for soldiers to try things first, dig around, make some mistakes, and then come ask for help. But I want to see that the effort was put in. So I'll include the link for the first DTS video in the show notes. Um, from there, you should be able to see the um, consecutive uh, videos, two, three, four, and so on. They're all pretty short because of the software I was using didn't allow me to do long episodes. And so that's what you get. So this has been enough for this episode. Again, this episode is on how to submit for a school, specifically, I would say an ATARS school, get a reservation. Um, I hope that you learned a little bit something and that you can pass this on to your soldiers. Thanks for listening. I've been your host, Sassar Davenport.